You're listening to an all-new Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. Morning, honey. It's time for Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. Monday mornings when we jump into the Word, we've been doing the Psalms of David for the past few months here. I'm glad to be jumping into a new one today. Yeah, it's time to shift gears a little bit. Indeed. We've, we've done some of the more famous Psalms of David. This is another one that isn't maybe as well known, but it meant something to you. And you thought, well, let's jump into this. I thought to myself, what is the situation in the world and how do the Psalms speak to those things? Mm-hmm. And when I got to this Psalm, the Psalm is number 12. I thought, it feels like the world's a hot mess right now. It does. And I looked at the Psalm and I thought, this psalm is a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. Everything about this thing does not fit the normal structure you would want to see in a song, where it would start with a nice thought, struggles in the middle, it resolves beautifully at the end. Mm. This psalm does exactly the opposite. It gets pretty in the middle, but everything's a mess around it. So how do we look at a piece of art, a poem like this, that was sung? It was part of their worship life back in ancient Israel, yeah. and say, this is the way we should worship. We're going to explore those ideas in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to jump right in and read from Psalm 12 from the Passion Translation, which is one of my favorite translations of the scripture. And the title of it is Song for the New Day. (laughs) For the pure and shining one, a song of smiting, sung for the new day by King David. (laughs) If that tells you anything about where we're going. (laughs) Help, Lord, save us. For godly ones are swiftly disappearing. Where are the dependable, principled ones? They're a vanishing breed. Everyone lies, everyone flatters, and everyone deceives. Nothing but empty talk, smooth talk, and double talk. Where are the truthful? I know the Lord will not deal gently with people like that. You will destroy every proud liar who says, We lie all we want. Our words are weapons, and we won't be held accountable. Who can stop us? May the Lord cut off their twisted tongues and (laughs) seal their lying lips. May they all be silenced, those who boast and brag with their high-minded talk about doing whatever they want. But the Lord says, Now I will arise. I will defend the poor, those who were plundered, the oppressed, and the needy who groaned for help. I will arise to rescue and protect them. For every word God speaks is sure and every promise pure. His truth is tested, found to be flawless and ever faithful. It's as pure as silver refined seven times in a crucible of clay. Lord, you will keep us forever safe, out of the reach of the wicked. Even though they strut and prowl, tolerating and celebrating what is worthless and vile. You will still lift up those who are yours. And that translation ends up on an up note. This is implied there. Other more traditional versions, including this uh, version called the Names of God edition, ends with verse 8. Wicked people parade around when immorality increases among Adam's descendants. Yay, happy. There's something about this that just kind of grinds on me. And I think it did in David's time, too. Now, before we assume that David's writing about modern American politics or (laughs) society, 
It is safe to assume that when he wrote this, he's writing about things he knows, and it's his culture, his place. And he's a king now, right? Mm -hmm. So he is worshiping and making his statement to God on the Temple Mount, where the temple itself will be built by his son later. It is his worship time, and he's talking about the things he sees around him. So I think he's probably talking about the state of affairs in his own court. Mm-hmm. These are the people that curry favor with him by flattering him. And he, right. he's kind of tired of this. Mm-hmm. And he knows how dangerous flattery can be, but also how much people deceive themselves by flattering others. And how those who feel entitled by the flattery of others start acting really rashly and really self-entitled. Yeah. They start behaving like they deserve everything good and they don't really care what they say or who they bow the knee to. I think they own the place. That probably annoys him, too. Mm -hmm. He's got a a sensibility, I think, of being a soldier, too. He spent a lot of years leading armies and fighting battles on behalf of Israel and then hiding from a king who hated him. He knows that things can go bad in a flash in a nation. There's an order. There is a commander at the head of this. And he remembers that God himself is the one that sets the rules. He sets the ethics, the standards. I think what you just said is super important, the ethics and the standards. Because there is a definite standard that God has set for us. As we know about David throughout his life, before he became king, he continued to hold high respect for King Saul, Mm. regardless of how Saul treated him. And regardless of the fact that Saul was trying to murder him, he still held high respect for the king, for King Saul himself. He loved the king. And for the office, too. And the office of king. I was going there, exactly. It was an important position that God had ordained. Yes. And he knows that if he's really ordained to be king next, he doesn't want to undermine the prestige, the value of the office to those who must obey it. Mm -hmm. Because he knows that someone else could be speaking against him soon. And he also has a very personal connection with the royal family. I mean, he's best friends with Jonathan. Mm -hmm. He's going to be married to, if he isn't already, to one of Saul's daughters. This is a family affair. Yeah. When your father-in-law goes stark raving mad, you still got to deal with the fact this is your family. Yeah. Whether he's possessed by a demon or just literally going mentally ill somehow, that causes him to want to kill David on the spot. He just can't bring himself to murder his own father-in-law. This is not a Greek tragedy here. So in some ways, David's kind of stuck. But now that he's in the saddle, so to speak, running the country, he looks around at the way people tend to go when things, quote, get easier or when people rise to a level of power that think they can get away with anything. Things start going really bad, not just for his court or his bureaucracy. They go bad for the whole nation. Right. They go bad for generations. And he sees that. He's railing against this to God himself. But he's talking about his own kingdom. He's not talking about others out there somewhere in the world. These are the people he's with. And he's deeply disturbed by all that. So in that regard, I feel kind of the same way in this generation, how easy it's become to just throw lies around. And in our generation, it seemed like social media was made for playing around with lies and not caring much anymore about it. Mm -hmm. And it concerns me. Well, yeah. I mean, there is not a whole lot of consequence for those who just lie as a habit. Their everyday speech seems to be filled with lies. There's a case before the Supreme Court right now that's troubling to the justices because they don't know what to do with it. The law at question in the suit that's before the Supreme Court right now has to do with the exemptions that Internet companies have with things that are advertised or promoted or even advanced by their own algorithms to get people's attention that have led to violent outcomes. And people have been murdered by terrorists that have been riled up by things they have seen and been offered up by the Internet, Mm -hmm. by algorithms, by these companies that want their eyeballs so they can get advertising dollars. 
But the law right now in America has established it so that these companies are exempt from any liability, no matter what kind of message comes out of their systems. I see a a bit of a moral problem with this. However, it is fundamental to the way the economics and the technology of the Internet work. So the justices are stuck with, this is the law. It's not just people's opinions anymore. The law protects companies no matter what comes through their platforms. And that includes Facebook and Twitter and everything else. And yet they know that people are harmed by some of the speech that comes through these platforms and they're stuck. What do they do? Mm -hmm. I think in some ways David had it easier. Mm. He can just say, (laughs) this stuff is stupid. This is not what God calls us to do and lay it down thick. Not that he's resolving the problem, but he's making the case that there is a problem. And you know what? That can be worship too. Mm. So if we're talking about a psalm here, Psalm 12 lays out the case before God that, God, you know this. You agree with me on this, right, God? We are in one accord here. This is wrong. People shouldn't be liars. People shouldn't Mm -hmm. abuse their authority. They shouldn't take advantage of others. This is wrong. Well, David's speaking truth here. Yeah. It's always worship when we speak truth back to God. There you go. When we speak that truth out, as difficult as the truth might be, it's an act of worship for us because God is truth. God is the God of truth. He is truth. There is no falsehood in him. There is a danger, though, if we go to God and say, this is the truth. You agree with me, right? And it's not checked by anything. Mm -hmm. It's not challenged by. It's not open to God's cross-examination. Then we presume upon God that he always agrees with us. Well, one of the things that David says in here is, but you say, Lord, the Lord says, David knows what God says. He has spent time in study of the Torah, mm-hmm. study of scripture, study of the ancient wisdoms. Mm-hmm. He spent time there. So he is not just familiar. He knows it. <laughs> yeah. He knows what the Lord says. So he can confidently say, the Lord says, yeah. because the poor are oppressed, because of the groans of the needy. Now I'm going to stand up, God says, you know. And so David is not just spouting off things that he's not familiar with, that he doesn't really know anything about, which I think is important for us to take to heart. Like you just said, we can just spout, you right, God, you agree with me, right? And just assume that God agrees with us. But if we really don't know what God says, what God's truth is, then we are guilty ourselves of just spouting off more falsehood. And selective parsing of God's word as egregious as ignoring all of it. I've seen plenty of that on the internet in the past few years. People railing on some issue, claiming that this is how God has always been and we're just being biblical. Because they found these words in the Bible, therefore, what I believe about those particular words means I know what the word says. Mm. Without letting it be challenged Mm. or cross-examined or brought together in counsel with people who know the word of God well. And therefore, arrogance starts creeping up fast. Mm -hmm. Even those who claim to go to the word sometimes are guilty of presumption as well. Yeah, well, verse 4 says, we're unbeatable with our tongues. (laughs) Who could get the best of us with lips like ours? And that's the arrogance, I think, that you might be referring to. If David's calling them out, he may not be calling out necessarily people that we all know are liars. Mm. He could be calling out people who are lying and think they're telling the truth. That's another well, that's a whole other layer of thing. Right? Yeah. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. 
Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. And now, back to our discussion. Even those who claim to go to the Word sometimes are guilty of presumption as well. Yeah, well, verse 4 says, we're unbeatable with our tongues. (laughs) Who could get the best of us with lips like ours? And that's the arrogance, I think, that you might be referring to. If David's calling them out, he may not be calling out necessarily people that we all know are liars. Mm. He could be calling out people who are lying and think they're telling the truth. That's another well, that's a whole possibility. Other layer of thing. Right? Yeah. So how, again, is this worship? Well, if, like you say, honey, David is spending time with the Word. He's actually reading all the books that have been written so far. Again, the later prophets are not even written yet. What he has is the law. He's got the stories of his own family, like the story of Ruth has been written. You've got probably the book of Job floating around, too. They have examples of what righteousness is and how mercy is shown. Mm -hmm. Those are the core of the things that are the personality, the expression of God that they see, the stories being told about how God did things. He reads those stories, and he is worshiping. He didn't go to the Psalms to study and then sing that back to God. He's singing it, which became the scripture because he knew the law. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it has to be digested through us for it to take root, really. And David is the first example we've got of someone that spends time with the Word that bears fruit in his worship for having spent time with the Word. Mm -hmm. Can we read the Word confident in coming before him with our complaint as much as with our praise? Sometimes complaining about something that is truly horrific brings God praise because it shows him not to be that. It shows him to be above this. It shows him to be of a different ethical level. But also, don't you think it acknowledges our acknowledgement of a situation? Yes. We see what's happening. We see the injustice here. We see the lies that are being told. And we're coming to God and saying, these are happening. The godly people are gone. (laughs) Okay lying lips are speaking the loudest and they're yeah. yelling out at the street corners and they're turning people away from God thinking that they're turning to God with their false witnesses. Or they're becoming gods by their strong words. But when we acknowledge that to God, we are aligning ourselves yeah. with God. We are saying, God, we want to align ourselves with your truth and with the things that please you, that honor you and bring you glory and the things that make me more like you. Yeah that reveal the truth through me to others. Those kind of positive responses are all implied in this psalm. Yeah. They're not written out. They're saying, therefore, I will do this. He just says, God, you say you do these things, so get on with it, basically. But we know that David has experience in all of these areas. He does. David has been the one with lying lips. Yeah. David has been the one that has oppressed others. David has been the one that had slick speech and divided heart. 
David has been all of these things to the course of his life. And he's looking back and saying, hey, I can recognize this because I have been there. I have done these things. I have committed these egregious offenses. It doesn't say that in this psalm, but I can see his life being Mm -hmm. evident there. And David, when he got called out for being duplicitous Mm -hmm. or for covering up his own sins, he did repent. In the biblical sense, he went before God and threw himself with abandonment, saying, I am guilty of all these things. I'm not avoiding it. I'm not waiting to be convicted. I'm the one telling me I'm conviction worthy. Yeah. He's confessed it before the court, before the trial even begins. That's what repentance is like. It doesn't get caught. It calls out from its place, knowing that the soul is already corrupt. Mm-hmm. From that truth, that revelation, comes the possibility of restoration and revival, revitalization of the soul. Before the judgment and before the condemnation could fall on you, there's something to be said about having a race to the altar. You know, (laughs) God's preaching at us what the truth is, what his character is. But I think it pleases him to see us come to him before we're even forced to acknowledge it. Mm, Because we know our hearts are true to ourselves if we let them be, but they'll always be true and open to God. Yeah, no matter I mean, how many lies we cover it with. It's easy to live a duplicitous life, even in your own mind. You, know, yeah. you can convince yourself of a lot of stuff sometimes. And something else I don't see in the psalm, honey, is David or any other worshiper mentioned in the psalm putting the smack down on evil. You know, he's not saying, God, I've read your word, and therefore I've really obliterated your enemies on Facebook. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I nice. told the truth, and man, I knocked them back a few. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't say that I avenged your word in your name. He simply says, God, you do the right thing here. And if these people who are full of lying lips, who think they get away with anything, are surrounding us and we see no hope there, you've got to be the one to deal with yeah. it. Because even I, as a king, can't clean the slate and make everything right. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to. Well, David can't control the hearts of men. He's acknowledging that when he's saying, you know, Lord, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to be the one to take them out. And he says that a lot in the Psalms. Yeah. Open the book and point your finger and pretty much David's going to be asking God to take someone out on his behalf. Yeah. <laughs> so so we know Slay that that happens. Yeah. They're calling precatory Psalms where they're mm-hmm. saying, God, bring down the wrath. He does ask God to intervene. He does. And this imagery that we see here is not necessarily just literal. He's not saying literally show up right now and put an end to all things. Or cut their lips off. Right. Or literally cut their lips off. These are descriptions that are metaphorical in some ways, because when he said there is no godly person left, is that objectively true? I don't know, but it sure feels like it. Mm -hmm. So where David is starting is telling God the way he sees it. Yeah, that's pretty big because I think we've all been in a place where our emotion is so overwhelmed with all of the feelings. They seem real. Those things seem to be absolute truth, even when somewhere we may know that they're not. Like all of the godly are most likely not gone. But sometimes it feels that way to us. And we can't find one. Yeah. He says, all people speak foolishly. Dave is saying, Lord, everywhere I look, the entire world's chock full of fools. Mm. I mean, he's just saying this is the way it feels Everywhere, all the time, Mm -hmm. all at once. Mm -hmm. May Yahweh cut off every flattering lip, every bragging tongue that is said, with lips such as ours, who can be our master? This is all hyperbole, but it's real in its emotional root because he's saying, this is the way I really see the world right now. And how can you not? You know, I don't think there's any problem with praying to God that way. 
if we're trying to be honest about what we know our feelings are. Not that we're telling God how he has to know things or that he has to believe the way you believe, but that he is capable of feeling the way you feel and acknowledging it. Mm, yeah. You know, he will eventually turn his own corner and say, okay, God, what do you think? This psalm is not it. He's just dumping it out on the table. Yeah. And so on the altar sits this heaping pile of complaint. Is that a worthy sacrifice? Mm. Well, Psalm 12 is in the Bible. <laughs> and people have used it in worship and they actually sing the songs. Well, I think that I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit about David not turning a corner. Starting in verse 5, he acknowledges what God says about the situation. Mm. We talked about that a little bit before. Because David knows Torah because he knows the books of wisdom, because he's read the scripture that he had available, he can say that the Lord says, I'm going to stand up because the groans of the needy and the poor and oppressed need a champion. Mm -hmm. They need to be rescued. And God's going to do that. I will provide help that they're grasping for. That's what God is saying. Mm -hmm. Then David says, and Lord, your promises are pure, like refined yeah. silver that's been refined seven times. Well, we know that seven is the number of completion. Yep. And I think we need to unpack that one again on our next program because mm -hmm. the things that God says about himself and the things that David reminds him of ought to be where our hearts land for sure. Yeah. But it's still in a hot mess. This is an emotional outpouring par excellence. Yeah. And that's about where we're going to leave it on this edition of Compassion Radio Chasing the Word on Psalm 12. A cliffhanger. A cliffhanger. There's more to come. Um, but this is, for me, a place where we can really just let it loose and talk about the things that are sometimes ugly about the world and not necessarily the things we want to be letting rest in our hearts and grieving us. Some of our worship, like David's showing us here, is about unburdening our hearts mm -hmm. and letting him take the burden. Yeah. And God seems to be willing to accept that as a worthy sacrifice. Not that we're going to tell him the truth in everything. We may be lying to ourselves and find out through our worship we're doing that. Mm -hmm. But... We have at least had the courage to come before a God that we believe somewhere deep down has our best interests at heart, is not designing to destroy us. He wants us to come as we are. That means all of us, including our emotions. And that, my friends, is where we're going to wrap up Compassion Radio's Chasing the Word for this week. And yes, there's a study guide available on the website for each of our chapters that we're studying through. So we invite you to download that and share it with a friend. Sit down and talk through the scriptures yourself. And if some of these psalms inspire you to sit down and dig deeper into what might possibly be going on in the heart of David and what might possibly be going on in the world around you that touches on those truths and transformed by the truths you find in such crazy psalms like Psalm 12, then we've done our work. And we hope that you will take that risk along with us and go deep and chase the word together with us.
closing eyes Shine through the gloom and pour me to the skies Heaven's morning breaks and earth's fame Shadows flee and life and death Oh Lord abide with me Abide, abide, oh abide Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com. Or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.